Thank you. So this is a very exciting weekend for all of us, um, but me for ex especially. Um, we had our family encounter yesterday, and we had 98 people here. Isn't that exciting? So I'm the kids pastor, as you guys know, and I just wanted to start off by sharing a little bit of my passion for kids. We get to meet over here, and I love to be with every one of your kids. We want to raise up this next generation. And we've been working through learning stories and stuff, but we also are trying to create space in our program because this is not daycare or school. This is kids' church, and it's at their level. So yes, we have games and, and a lot of fun, and we try to do some learning so that we can bring these lessons to them. But we want to create space where they can encounter Jesus, just like each and every one of us ha has had that opportunity. And so in this next year, I'm really excited because we're kind of moving in a little different direction because God has really laid it on my heart that we learn who we are. And we need to get into the word because we need to hear what God is saying to us. But in order to hear and see and know these things, we need to get into the word. So this next year, we are diving into scriptures. We are going to learn what the Word of God says, but not just learn it in our heads. We want to teach kids how to access these tools that have been given to us. How do we find James? How do we find um, Philippians? You know, where can we find the different scriptures and so that we can really write it on our hearts, so we can know it? So that when we need to pull scripture out and remember God's promises, we've got it memorized. We know it deep inside. So this next year is really exciting that we are getting to walk with our kids and our, our volunteers to really learning what Jesus has to say. And so this morning, we've been really spending a lot of time focused on what is God saying to us? And as I was preparing for the family encounter and stuff... God really put it on my heart, the word chosen. And this comes from 1 Peter 2.9. And I really wanted to learn what, what does it mean to be chosen? If I were to ask any one of you, who are you? What would you say to me? How would you introduce yourself? Because most of us would respond, hi, I'm Kat, or I'm the children's pastor, or I work in construction. But this is not who we are. Those are things that we do, but that's not who we are. And we need to get back to that foundation to hear what God is saying. Who am I? What is God saying? And we don't want to... Go to the person, look, look at your person to your right, look to the person to your left. Do you think that person knows who you are? They might know maybe some of you. You know, what about when we post on Facebook or Instagram or different social media? Does that tell us who we are? Or are we learning what that person posted, who they are? No, the only person 
who can tell us who we are is God. And that's where we need to have our assurance as to who we are in Christ, who our identity is. All these extra things, our jobs, our hair color, our um, likes, our dislikes, those are part of us, but they're not all of us. They're not permanent. But who we are in Christ, that is permanent and that can never, ever be taken away. So a lot of times we look to people to to kind of define who we are. We want those acceptance. I want to have 100 likes on this photo. Don't we do that, guys? We do it too much. And so we, we don't want to go for that stamp of approval because when we are having that stamp of approval in Christ, it doesn't matter anybody or what anybody or does except for Christ because we already have that assurance. So I have a question for you kids here and you adults, but some of you guys, I want you to yell out your answers. So I've got some artwork that's going to show up and I want you to tell me how much you think this is worth. So first we have the Mona Lisa. Has everybody know about Mona Lisa? Do you know, have you seen uh, the painting? What do you guys guess? is the value of this painting. 8.3 million. Okay. Well, do you know in 1962, the value of this painting back then was already over 100 million. But today, that is equal to $1 billion. That's a lot of money. Now let's look at this next one. And yes, it's a true piece of art. Can you guys guess what this went for? Eight dollars, 500 million. Okay, this went for $120,000. Come on, here's our building ex expansion fund, come on. Now, our next one is even better. Who thinks they can do this? Ready to make some, tr some good amount of money? What do you guys think this is worth? One million, six thousand, yep. Well, guess what? This artwork went for over 70.5 million for this. You know, art is in the eye of the beholder. So, and this is the last one. What do you think this one is? This one is priceless. Do you guys know why? Because this is my child's, that's right. So if you guys wanna buy it, you know, there is an opportunity here. So Zoya did this 
And what was cool was when she was five, her school put it on a card and made it as something we could buy for Christmas gifts for grandparents, a piece of artwork. But to me, you could not give me any amount of money for that because it's just priceless. But to someone like slapping a banana on with electrical tape could mean millions and millions. So today, as we get into this message, we are going to look at 1 Peter 2.9. And I want us to just really keep this in the back of our, our mind of what we are talking about is our value. So in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who call you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And yesterday, like, we were blessed to be able to give all our families these amazing toques that say chosen because this is going to help us remember a takeaway from this weekend. Because we learned our value is not in us by what you guys think. It's in what Christ thinks. So today, as we go through this scripture, what is exciting is, as families, I really encourage us to get into the word and take this scripture, but not just to take a whole book and just read it just to read it. Take piece by piece. So this morning, we're actually going to just go through this one scripture. We're going to break this down because in this scripture, it's actually telling us who we are, our identity in Christ but also what we're to do with that. So, as we sit here and we look, we are a chosen race. God chose us before anything. And in Ephesians 1.4, it actually says, He chose us before the foundation, before the foundations of the world. And he, like God, refers us as our chosen people. We are his chosen people. We get to be here and just really let's sit on that. In, in the message, it actually um, is paraphrased going that God chose us. We are chosen by God from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Do you guys hear that? From nothing to something, to rejected, to accepted. So a lot of this terminology and, and stuff that we're talking about was used for in, down in Israel for the chosen people. And Paul or Peter is telling the early church that we are accepted. We are chosen. And it's, it's not about our culture. It's not about who we are, but who we are in the eyes of God. And what is exciting is we have our kids, our families here. We have little, little babies all the way to grandparents in this room. And isn't this as exciting that we can learn this not only for ourselves, but for our kids. 
Because if they know who they are in Christ, then we don't need to go out searching for who's going to accept us or the things that might make us feel better or the things that we need to do to be better. So in, the, um, in Deuteronomy, both in 7, 6, and 14, 2, it actually says the same thing. The terminology is exactly the same. And this is used to describe Israel. But I want, to no I want you to notice what Peter is saying here. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. That's not just from, for the people, for Israel. Because of what Christ did for us, by what he did and came to earth and died on the cross, we now have the opportunity to have this for all of us. It is now applicable to all of us. God chose us to be his own treasure, possession. To be his treasured possession. Not because we need him. Not because we're spiritual or we're smart. But because God planned it for us. Sometimes we, we sit in our feelings and, and we base our, our thoughts and opinions based on how we're feeling or um, maybe we have an opinion of ourselves of the things that we can or can't do because of what we think or feel. But the Bible teaches us that it's not our feelings that define us who we are. We're not our circumstance. We're not our pain. But who are we? We are God's chosen position. We are not junk. We're nothing. We're not nothing. We are everything. And so this whole beginning of this scripture is all about us being chosen before the world was here. This, we are already destined here. And let's look at what the next part of the scripture says. It says, we are a royal priesthood. Now, the word royal automatically refers and tells us that God is the king. Because we are already in royalty. And that we are, as his kids, as his next in line, we automatically become into that royalty. I am a daughter of the king. You are a son of our king. In 1 Peter 2.9, royal, it's conveying that there's dignity, there's honor. It's a privilege to be 
referred to in royalty. And God has that in us. In the Old Testament, and it talks about priests, you know, they were the only ones that could go to the temple before God. But because of what Christ did for us, we now can go to the temple. We can go to God and, and, and have direct act, access. And we learn about this in Hebrews. And so what does this mean? We can have direct access. Well, we can go to the Father. We get to be ambassadors representing because as we're going into this, like we are chosen, but now we get to go and we get to proclaim God's goodness. And we start to hear that we do have a purpose. We aren't just here just to be here. Our purpose is to go out. And so, as you can see, the next thing we see is a holy nation. And honestly, we could get into this really deep, but for sake of time and, and stuff, we're not going to actually go through, through this because it's actually very straightforward of what I'm wanting to point out. We are chosen people. We are royalty. But we have been made holy and we're joined together through Jesus Christ as a part of God's kingdom. We are that kingdom here. And then it goes on to say that we are people for his own possession. How much do you think you're worth? If you were given any amount of money, if somebody wanted to buy you, is there a value in that? We should never confuse what value or valuable. We cannot confuse the two. So we're going back to our earlier paintings here. Remember that? Value, number one, depends on what someone is willing to pay for something. That is what value is. Number two, value depends on who has owned that item in the past. You know, Princess Diana's possessions, all of a sudden that increase of her possessions when she passed because she was the original owner but now to the next person, those valuables are even more valuable. So what is your value? How much are you worth? You have been bought for a price. Christ already paid that for you. You belong to him. And we see this in 1 Corinthians 7.23. God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved by the world. 
Jesus went to the cross for us because we are worth incredible value to him. We are so precious to him. Nothing could be traded for it. Your friend, your child won't compare to how much God loves you. You can receive all the love, all the items, but that is not who is defining you. God chose us when it didn't look like there was anything valuable. He made us royalty. He made us his representative and he calls us his own valued possession. So kids, who here likes money? Come on, adults, do we like money? So I got some money here. Yes, there is a red bill. It is a 50 and a 20. So I guess that answers my first question. What one do you think is more valuable? Now, what if I rip this bill? You know, it's pretty hard to rip these things right now. But, you know, I'm, you know, don't worry about money anymore. And I think that's just a bunch of garbage. Does this still have value? Who says it's valuable? The government. That's what puts money in this. Now, if I say, ma'am, can you come up here? Is this worth money to you? Is this something that, you know, you could use? Here you go. No? This is a value to her. No? Have a seat with it. Be blessed. Because that value still remains no matter what you do to that bell. You could stomp on it. You could throw ketchup on it. You could rip it. It still has value. And so for each and every one of us, let's stop and think, what is my value? What is God saying to me? Who am I? Because he paid that price for us already. You know, crap happens in our life. We get dumped on, we get stepped on. Sometimes we lose our voice. But God is still faithful and present. And you know, can use every part of our journey because he already knew us before we were born. We were already value before there was anything here. And so this morning, 
I want you to just close your eyes this morning. And I'm going to ask you a question. Who are you? What does God say about you? God is the only one who determines who you are and your worth. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, is there a lie or something that maybe we are hearing or believing about ourselves and our worth? I want each and every one of you, listen to the Holy Spirit. Are you believing a lie? And if the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, I want you to take it and give it back to the Father. I want you to ask for forgiveness for that. to the Holy Spirit and we want to ask the Holy Spirit to show us how God sees us. So Holy Spirit, right now in this place, I just ask that you reveal yourself to everyone here. Show them how God sees us. Show us our value our worth. I want us to remember that voice that we hear. It will always be loving. It will be gentle. But most importantly, it will fall in line with Scripture. So when we hear those voices, we need to evaluate. Are we hearing God? Because that's what will be true it will be loving it will glorify Jesus and it's what scripture says see at the beginning I talked about kids ministry and, and really getting in to know what the word says because if we don't get into the word we have no idea what God's voice sounds like
are valuable, are important. And it's really exciting that we get to do this. So we've got our prayer um, people coming up and we're going to pray over our families. But I want to talk to you about what child dedications is. Child dedications is an opportunity for us as followers of Jesus to publicly promise and declare to live lives that honor God. We get to follow Jesus and we get to raise our children to do the same. You know, this isn't just us making a decision for our child. That's what, not what child dedication is. This is about our family's commitment to raise them up, to learn more about Jesus, to give them opportunities to be learning and hearing who Jesus is. This is an act of faith to be able to trust God's loving kindness to provide everything that each one of these families and kids are going to need. It's an act of prayer. We get to ask for God's guidance. These kids are not ours individually. God gave us this amazing gift that we get to rise up and we get to raise these precious kids. Our children are a gift from God. And it's so exciting that we get to be responsible for them. We need to pray with our families. We need to pray for our families. We need to teach our children about Jesus and about how God loves them. We need to teach our children to read the Word so that they too can hear and know who God has called them to be. But we also need to grow together as a community of believers. So parents, this morning, this act of faith and commitment is for you. You, as parents, are committing to provide Christian love and support to your child. You commit to teach and live a life that demonstrates faith in God. You get to help your children experience an environment that reflects God's love and grace. This is the start of an introduction to them getting to experience their Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. And you're committing to seek God for yourself. Because we learn, our kids learn by seeing. And in Proverbs 22.6, it says, train up a child in the ways he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now church, 
I have a commitment for you guys too. As a church, we're committing to be active participants with you in this spiritual journey of your child. We are here with you and supporting. This morning we had the prayer team and elders here on stage with us as an act of faith, but also because we are partnering with each of these families. We're partnering to teach and encourage your kids, yourselves. You're not doing this alone. As a church, we're committing to pray for each one of these families. So parents, do you agree to your commitment? And church, if you agree, I would like you to say yes and stand up and let's stretch out our arms to these families. And we are going to pray over these families. So parents, you have oil. And we are going to anoint our children's head. Father God, we just ask you to bless each child, each family here, that you would bless their heads so that they would get to know your great love. Bless them with knowledge, Father. And now we go to the hands. Our hands were created. And so right now, Father, we just ask that you would bless their hands, each child's hands, that you would use their unique gifts for your purposes, that anything that they touch, that you would just anoint it and bless it. And Father, we just bless and anoint their feet so that every step that they take will be guided by you and to you. And that, Holy Spirit, you would walk with them. You would walk beside them, behind them. You would carry them. And we just thank that. Father, right now we just pray for the parents that you would bless them with your knowledge. Your direction, Father, you are with them. You would bring the right people at the right time beside them as they journey on. That, Father, that this is such a blessing that we get to raise up your children. So, Father, we just ask your anointing and your blessing on each one of these families. In Jesus' name. So, church, as we go this morning here, I want you to remember each one of these families that are here. I want you to pray for them and bless them and encourage them. And let's just give God a great hand for the glory and just the work that he's done and just praise for being able to take this next step that these families have done and that they would be able to just walk 
in God's strength.